Imagine being a person of color and fighting through all stigma and all trauma to go to see a therapist and then you find out they are a Trump supporter. What do you do? How do you handle it? Keep listening. We're going to talk about it right now. Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you're a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say, hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Black Therapist Podcast. How are you guys feeling? Um, We are on election eve which, I mean, usually wouldn't be a thing to me. It usually would be like, oh, you know, the, the election is tomorrow. We're voting. And I have like so many, um, I have so many emotions going into this election as I think most lucid human beings do. I am hopeful, I, I, cautiously optimistic that good white people will prevail and do the right thing. Uh, (laughs) um, I mean, hoping that good white people do the right thing. I feel like that has been the black America's strategy on race for the longest time, right? I remember Oprah saying that her grandmother once told her that she just had to hope that she she worked for good white people, right? So so we as black people in this country, we are always at the mercy of of evil racist 
And we always have to hope for the grace of good white people. And I really feel like that kind of leads me right into today's topic and one of the things that I want to talk about. So in one of my Facebook groups, there was a long, large discussion of a white guy. I mean, he appears white from, you know, what I was able to see when I bust open that um, profile. Uh, But he asked the question, which was he is um, an owner of a group practice and he wanted to know how he could weed out uh, Trump supporters. Like he didn't want to hire Trump supporters, which I understood. I concur. I can I can dig it a thousand percent. And so, of course, there were some problematic comments in the group. Let me see. I'm going to look and see if I can find the post because these posts in these mixed groups that I'll be in. Right. When they ask these questions about uh oh. And if you don't believe that, fuck it, Um, what ends up happening when there are these kinds of conversations in mixed groups? This was a mixed group that I'm in. I'm, I'm, when I say mixed groups, I mean groups with white clinicians. I'm in several African American or black groups that I love to be in. We can fellowship, we argue, and we argue amongst each other. But what usually happens is when there are these cross-cultural conversations about race, either the posts get deleted, number one, the comments were turned off just like they were in this situation here, number two, and there are reverse racism white folk who come in here and be like, well, what about black people who are Trump supporters? Well, what about, you know, discrimination? And it it's just kind of like, y'all go ahead. Right. So I'm gonna read the question verbatim. It says, please delete political posts if necessary. But how are y'all asking if potential new hires are a supporter or was a supporter post-presidency of Trump? I mean, I think supporter post-presidency is a whole nother Trump, but that's a whole nother thing. That's like what, like what if the person watched... What was his show? I almost said The Bachelor. Lord, I hope Trump wasn't on The Bachelor. If they watched, I'm like, I'm literally blanking on his show. Whatever the show was on NBC. And thank God to me that I was actually able, I'm actually able to block it out. I actually don't want to remember the name of the show. But, you know, what if they watched his show where they went to a Trump hotel or they went to, you know, watch Home Alone, which he was in, I guess. I don't know. I mean, before president, he, we do, I don't think most people outside of New York knew exactly the kind of wasteland his existence is, right? But anyway, let me finish reading the question. Um, I'm going to start over. Please delete political posts if necessary. How are y'all asking if potential new hire is a supporter or was a supporter post-presidency of Trump? I've come to the realization I simply cannot work with you. <laughs> Any clever ideas. I just don't want to waste any time for something I don't think can last. And I'm definitely not saying I wouldn't hire a Republican. I voted red before. This has nothing to do with party thoughts. Right. And so I love the post. Um, Post had about 110 comments and there were like one. Let me see. Maybe one. I should name them. I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, one, two, three, four, five people who were they were angry. 
at the post. And so um, someone else in the, the group put, you know, there was a similar thread like this a few weeks ago. The consensus is you should ask about the values and have a defined mission statement. And that's pretty much what I said. Right. Um, I don't know where my comment is, but I believe that the, that my comment was literally like, hey, you know what? I, I don't know if I would ask. I did recently have to hire someone who I was hoping doesn't support Trump. And she was literally like, well, Black Lives Matter, which made me feel a little bit better <laughs> because I at least know that if even if that's not what she believes, that she knows she better tow the party line around here because, you know, this is this is what it is that I do. I, I service, you know, black the black community. I work with, with vulnerable populations, LGBTQ, you know, across the gamut. I can't be out here with with working with people or having cl- having employees who have access to my clients who support people who put babies in cages like that's just something I'm not willing to do walking around and talk about the African-American like I I don't want to get into all of the atrocities that have happened over these last four years that you know we will probably be paying back financially for generations to come but I got where he was coming from and so what I put on the post was I appreciate the conversation because it was a a cross-cultural conversation that I felt like needed to needed to be had and I also think thank goodness that because a white guy asked this question um what is that because a white guy asked the question it was (laughs) it was it was a valuable question and I think that it didn't get as many racist comments as it did. So of course there were people who were on it and they were like, well, I don't think that you should discriminate against somebody for their beliefs. And there were a lot of white people that were like, well, yeah, if you believe that, you know, somebody can be anti-Semitic and and anti-black and, you know, rape women or sexually violate them or talk disparagingly against them, sexist and all of the other things. I think that you can actively discriminate against those people. I think it's okay to be discriminatory against those folks. And I'm just like, huh? And then there were some people that were like, okay, this one comment, a good therapist doesn't allow politics or religion to sway their responsibility to due diligence. Hire a good therapist. Honestly, it sounds like you might need therapy to get past this issue and that you find so disagreeable with other people. And that's that's ridiculous. And then someone else put a Trump supporting therapist cannot hold the values of the profession and simultaneously support someone without some serious cognitive dissonance, which I agree. Like this is bigger than Democrat and Republican. This is really about hate and right and wrong. Um. You know, there's a lot been said recently about like rappers who have been coming out and supporting Trump. Like, I understand the rappers infatuation with this idea of Trump. Trump for New York rappers have been like his name has he's been in more rap songs than probably Halle Berry. Right. But he was a symbol of greed from the 80s. He was a symbol of success but we didn't know he was broke as a joke and and smoke screen and a liar 
like nobody really got to see who he really was, that he was ignorant and that his father was, you know, the, the backer of him. Like, I don't think people really understood that. But New York knew enough to not vote for him. And he was from here. Like, we didn't fall for that. So I think that, you know, having black men coming out and in, in being in support of him is really about identifying with the aggressor and having cognitive dissonance and, you know, wanting to be like Massa and having internalized racism and having internalized oppression make them feel as if they need to align themselves with a bully and a jackass in order to be seen and be heard. And so, you know, I I thought about these reverse racism comments, right? And these these issues of identity and how it plays itself up in sessions. And so one of the comments that I wrote, because somebody was like, well, you should be as a therapist, you should be objective enough to not bring yourself to therapy. That's bullshit. We all bring ourselves to therapy. I show up in my sessions as a black woman in my black skin with my black hair. Sometimes it's an afro, sometimes it's braided, sometimes it's, it's, you know, weaved down to my behind. That's how I show up. I show up with you know, my my rings on and my jewelry and how I dress. I'm very conscious of how my, of how presentation matters. I'm very conscious of, you know, when I was in my office, what pictures I had up. Like when I worked in the school system, I had pictures of my son up in my office and his graduations and me at my graduation and my partner and my dog. I knew that having those things up in my office may force disclosure. You know, they would ask me all kinds of questions about like all kinds of things when they would see the the pictures but it allowed me to let them know the things that I valued as a person those pictures were strategically placed there as was my degree so it lets them know that I'm educated and I'm credentialed and um I care about family and that education is important to me and that I was there to to support them as part of the community. Like they were able to see those things by how I show up. There are times that I am in session and I may have a I love black people t-shirt on or I may have, um, you know, one of my clients had a had a dope black woman t-shirt on or I showed up in a meeting recently and this girl had dope, dope black therapist hoodie on. I wear my hood healer t-shirts on when I'm in session. Sometimes my client is like, yo, does that say hood healer? Yes, it does. That's who I is. That's what this is about. And they'll laugh and they'll smile. So we show up as ourselves in session. There are times that disclosure happens where I am actually talking about myself and my feelings and how it relates to the clients in the, in the situation. It's not always appropriate to do that. But when it is appropriate, I do have to show up as my authentic self with my clients. And in order to do that, sometimes we talk about religion. Sometimes we talk about spirituality. Sometimes we talk about uh, politics because these are all these are all intimate relationships and you're building an intimate rapport with them. And so I could not imagine, you know, you guys know my therapist is white. I know uh, explicitly <laughs> how he feels about Trump, but I could not imagine having the relationship that I have with him and not having that basis or not having those conversations or not being able to be authentically myself and show up in, in that environment. One of the, arg- the arguments or the points that I made in the group was 
it is my responsibility as a therapist to refer people out when I don't don't believe that what I believe is in value with them. It doesn't mean that I'm discriminating against them. It means that I my goal and my responsibility is to do no wrong to my clients. My goal and my responsibility is to center their needs first. Not that I need to make you know, my stats for this week or that I need to keep my caseload over a certain number or that, you know, I just need this money or that I'm going to put my my thoughts and my feelings aside. If I know that what I believe in may not be in alignment with what the client is looking for, I cannot do that work. It's not fair to me, especially when there are, are other therapists out there that I can make sure that I can get them into the right hands to have that conversation. There are sometimes that I have clients who come to me and they are they are different from me culturally. And I know that that my level of expertise and how I relate to the world is not going to be helpful for them. I could use an example. So I lived in I, I worked at this this clinic in Queens and I had a client, I probably told this story before, but I had a little boy who came in my office, cute, cherub face, sweet little baby, uh, fat, fat little self, came in my office and he was like beating up his mother. I couldn't understand it. Asian family. And so did the biosocial, biosocial, social. Did I say that right? Biopsychosocial. I'm tired, y'all. But I did the biopsych, um, got the family history and I've recognized that the way that the mother interacted with the other family members, the little boy was just mimicking things that he had seen from his father, from his grandmother. This is an intergenerational household, as most Asian families are, and this mother was just kind of beaten down. I've often worked with other Asian mothers who felt the same way, and I'm out of my depth. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong black woman to the T. I don't understand a, a woman... Like psychology aside, culturally, I just don't understand not having a level of control in your household. Now, I struggle with this as well with some black women who don't have control over their children in their households. But it's a different kind of thing when they're teenagers and there's trauma and there's other things. But this is a seven year old. And so in this particular session, um. The child snatched something from his mother and I immediately snatched it back. And then I caught myself like, holy crap, I'm sorry. And I told the little boy to come to me (laughs) and I, I apologized to him and I told him to apologize to his mother. Now, I. The fact that I responded like that because I'm somebody's mama and I just my mama shit just kicked in. The fact that I responded like that, it startled me. Because it was just kind of like a reflex. Like he snatched like a bottle of water from his mother's hand and like kicked her. And I just like, I, I just grabbed it from him. And then like the mother was shocked because he, he stopped immediately and he looked at me. And in that moment, the dynamics of the session shifted where I could no longer be in a helping relationship with him, even though he behaves with me and he listened to me and he talked to me about his feelings and he had been bullied and there were a lot of other things that he was going through in the house and we got him to kind of be nicer and kinder and sweeter to his mom. I referred them out. We were, we lived 
well, I say lived, but they lived and worked in an area environment that there were a lot of Asian therapists. There were a lot of culturally relevant groups. There were a lot of culturally relevant parenting classes. And so I referred them out. And I was met with pushback from my agency because they were like, well, why would you refer them out? And I was like, I think that they would be better served with somebody who, who completely understands the culture. Because while I could work with the child, this was family work. And the entire family needed to 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 be worked on and there was parenting issues that needed to be addressed and while there was a language barrier and a cultural barrier even though I I worked well with the little boy and I had worked well with him for a little weeks a few weeks it had come to the point because of the mother felt like I had more control over her child than she did that I was a disciplinarian and you cannot be a therapist and a disciplinarian at the same time it just doesn't work it is the same thing with this situation. If my therapist was a Trump supporter, I would bang him in his head every week. There's no level of intimacy that I could possibly get to to work with them. As a New York City therapist who worked in Kings County Hospital, I'm calling it out. I remember being on the psychiatric unit. I don't know what floor I was on, but I was going to see a client. I had to meet with the sex, the psychotherapist and the the social worker and the social worker there had a Trump had a Trump thing in his office. And I was like. What's your, what's your, what's, what, what do your patients feel about that? Like, I didn't ask because at the moment I was so disgusted that I was there and I understood the power dynamics. This is not like a regular therapist where if a client goes in there, they're going in there voluntarily. This is a therapist on a psychiatric unit or a social worker on a psych unit. That means that most of the people that are there are there involuntarily. That means that as a, as a social worker and a therapist, they are able to take people's children and take away their freedoms and lock them in hospitals and call the police on them and get them medicated and, and, and stigmatize them with diagnosis that you, you can't have any kind of bias or, or any displaying any kind of outward hatred towards people in order to do that work. I'm, I'm, I'm exclusive, meaning that I cultivate therapeutic experiences and environments for people of color, families, women. Like I do that specifically, but my safe spaces include everybody. I see all kinds of clients in my practice. I see all kinds of clients in my consultation work, even clients who don't want black therapists, even clients who don't want, um, you know, clinicians of color. I've been told to get the, get out of people's houses before. I know that the people that didn't want me there, but they there was a power dynamic that I needed to be there in order to do a job or they would go back to the hospital. And I was there to maintain my objectivity. They were there to maintain the objectivity, but not for long term intimate therapy. There's been plenty of times that I've been told that people didn't want to work with me because I was too young. There's been times people told me they didn't want to work with me because I was black. There have been times that people told me they didn't want to work with me because I was a woman. There's been times that people told me they didn't want to work with me because I was too old. I don't, I'm not trying to hold nobody. 
I'm not trying to convince anybody that my space is the right space for their healing. I'm going to say, oh, if you want somebody else, I'm going to get you to who you want because I'm not responsible for their healing unless they want to heal with me. They are responsible for their healing and they are responsible to pick environments and places that that is able to happen. At the same token, as a boss, I don't know if you guys know, but we're launching our uh, group practice in 2021. I'm just, I'm claiming it. I'm naming it now. You guys are going to hold me accountable. I'm saying that, but the group practice will be launched next year. But as a boss of multiple people, I have to make sure that the the people that I work with are in alignment with the, our mission statement and our our cultural competence. And they are in alignment with, with doing anti-blackness work and anti-discrimination work. And, you know, they are allies to the LGBTQ community and they are willing to come on and be cheerleaders and advocates for people who are marginalized in the community. That's what we do. Those are the spaces that I create, not saying that Trump supporters don't deserve therapy, not saying that white people don't deserve competent therapists. I'm saying that there are so many of them and there are like five percent of me. All of the spaces are created for them. These spaces have to be cultivated for us. And what I'm not going to do is trade my interdependence or my independence and my interdependence on and working in an environment where those two things don't make the same thing. I'm not going to trade my independence for interdependence. There you go. Um, In order to just make money, just so I'm hiring anybody so that I have staff and I'm, I'm screwing up the culture. I'm screwing up the workplace environment. I've had interns before who were not culturally competent and I had to be in their ass because I understand the stigma that you have to fight through in order to be black and come to a therapist in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, in Nevada, in, in, you know, wherever. I know what you have to do in order to try to find you somebody to help you heal when you live in Utah. And those people don't feel like us and they're, they're performing therapy from a a center that has nothing to do with us from a center that gets us to that that is it has a colonizer's mentality and that idea of what is it called um what them people call being a missionary where you're coming in and you're you're going to convert the blacks i listened to how um amy coney barrett how she introduced her black children as resilient and, and brave and tough and yeah. and how she, she talked about her how her white children were so smart and how they would be doctors and lawyers and great things, but the only thing that she, she wanted for her black children was for them to survive. I think that black women feel like that in a different manner, but I also, as a black mother of a black son of a black child, of many, many black children that I have in my environment. I just want, I want them to live their best life that they can. Free from white gaze and free from the, the, the damage that happens when there are interlopers in the community who feel the need to make him feel inferior. And one place that should definitely be free of that, it should be therapy. 
And so if you don't want to hire a Trump therapist, <laughs> I, I salute you. If you don't want to hire a therapist as a, a client who is a Trump supporter, and that's the thing, like one of the guys are like, well, I wouldn't answer the question if, you know, I was asked that on a job application. Number one, you don't need to be asked that on a job application. Your political affiliations is public record. That's number one. Number two, your, ther- your clients will ask you because my clients have asked me. I had a client who was a Trump supporter, but um, he was he was he was a bit of an asshole and he was a mandated client. So to me, I was like, OK, you could be a Trump supporter. That's cool. As long as you understand that this little Negro girl could send you back to jail if you don't do what you need to do. We are all good. It's all good. But there were, you know, there were other mitigating factors. And I understood understanding him why he supported Trump and it had absolutely nothing to do as far as I was concerned with racism. It had absolutely nothing to do with, you know, I mean, probably a little bit of sexism. It had a lot to do with his finances. The man was rich from Queens and he probably over identified. I get that. I get that. But what I don't get is therapists thinking that they can be Trump supporters, which is against every single thing that it stands for in our code of ethics and serve marginalized clients. Because, the, the, you, you know, black people already got trust issues. Marginalized clients already have trust issues right now. I mean, it doesn't facilitate the healing if they know. Okay. Um, so yes, I hope everybody's voting. I haven't been posting on social. I'm going to get back to it. I am going to be on TV this week. So check out my social media because as soon as they say I can promote it, I will promote it and talk about it. However, um, you know, please get up and go out and vote. I'm really proud that my son and his dad is going to be going to vote. I won't be with him because he registered to vote from daddy's house. So those two people are going to get up and go out in an early vote. Tomorrow I have my absentee ballot. He has his absentee ballot. I think he's going to just go drop it off with dad tomorrow, whatever he's going to do. But I had to make sure that he went and he votes and that he does the right thing. And it's a very good thing to see him being of age and making these, you know, making his civic duty and civic responsibility something that he takes very seriously i want everybody to vote every single year i say this every year we talk about it every year but i vote every single election sometimes i don't know who the people are that reminds me i have my ballot i needed to google who the judges were to see how long they've been on the bench and see what they what they stand for because i'm gonna need to make sure that I'm voting for judges who are in alignment with what I need. We, we often we get upset when the, the police are killing our men and we don't serve on jury duty. We're trying to get out of it. But, you know, a lot of times that it, the civic responsibility and the engagement that we have, the currency that we have as Americans, a lot of black people are not enough engaged actively. And so I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do. And if part of that is is electing judges in my neighborhood that will do the right thing and, and take care of my people and actually have, you know, grassroots support amongst organizations that I care about, then that's what I want to do. 
if you are in New York State and you are looking for candidates and you are a social worker and you're looking for candidates, go on NASW New York State and NASW NYC. We have PACs that also promote um, candidates who believe what we believe. I may come back and just kind of insert some of the candidates that they are supporting in New York State and you guys can just go and look and see. But, you know, look in your areas, see what 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 therapists are are saying, see what candidates, social workers are supporting because we need your support. And if everybody going to keep calling our name every time that there is an emergency, y'all want us to come out when there's an opioid crisis. You want us to work for free when COVID hit. You want us to come and you know, be y'all telehealth messiahs, then y'all need to start doing things that matter to us as well. And making sure that the politicians that you guys are electing are in alignment with our our values so that we can start getting more healing happening from a grassroots level and from a policy level that matters to all of us. Okay. So go vote. Love you guys. I'm sending everybody positive vibes and positive energy. No matter what happens Tuesday, I I know that we're going to be okay. I also know that it's probably going to get harder before it gets better. But we have to be, be willing and hopeful enough to weather this storm. Because if we wake up tomorrow, there's another chance that things will get a thousand percent better. Okay, so vote, 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 vote. Oh, and another thing I wanted to say, like my mother, my, my mother often tells me that um, when my grandmother passed away, she died on Election Day. And so this year it actually falls on her death um, anniversary. And the last thing that my mother, my grandmother told my mother to do was to, to leave her so she can go and vote. And so I, I also feel like for, for me and my family, this is a responsibility for us to do what our ancestors could not do. And I'm very proud of the the turnout and what we are doing. But we have a chance of actually being very hopeful and giving our children hope again and, and allowing them to know that our votes do matter. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters every single day. It matters all the time. And after you vote, voting is just the start. You have to be engaged in the community. Okay. All right. Everybody go vote and be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well